ye, hear ye. It is episode three of Tokyo's Hip Hop Podcast, the Mega Lake Show, brought to you by Mega Lake and Steez, the fifth most interesting man alive. Right behind these two bros and the Dosekis dude and your favorite cousin. We got a special episode today. Interview with the man with the maniacal laugh on virtual band Gorillaz's Feel Good Inc. The man also known as Pacemaster Mace or Plug 3. The man that cooked up the beats of hip hop trio De La Soul. For show, Vincent Mason, aka Macy Yo. Yo. Don't ask us how we did it, but we did it. So Aye. let's get on with it. I will tell you how I did it. With like 16 <laughs> beers is how I did it. But yeah, yo, thank you. Welcome back to the show. Episode 3. Uh, we've got a lot of special things planned for you today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our first, uh, our first technically interview that we did, you know, that kind of sparked us to really really get this thing going you know when we first had the idea for the podcast serendipitously we had did i pronounce that right yes you said it right you said it right my nigga yo my mom's gonna be so proud of me (laughs) uh we had this opportunity to you know interview maceo from de la soul which was you know a blessing so we got that for y'all coming up also we're gonna you know do it like we usually do we got some hot takes you're gonna hear our weather reports and then uh, the topic we're going to be discussing today actually is related to the interview. We're going to break down which one of De La Soul's albums, and only one, will be allowed to get into hip-hop heaven. Oh, damn. Dun-dun-dun. Don't hate us. Yeah, also, this is a... Um, you're going to notice a slight uh, decrease in the sound quality <laughs> of this podcast. <laughs> you know? The last joint was engineered by the great D. Dallinger, and uh, this time we're just keeping it really raw. We're not in the studio. We're, got, back, we're back at Steez's. Do you yeah. remember episode one and episode yeah. zero? Yeah, yeah. So look for a lot of background noise. You might hear family members in the background. There might be children, uh, nato cooking. All these things may happen on this podcast. Mega with the so, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta let the fans in on it. Yo, matter of fact, uh, who's the sponsor for today? Oh. Do we have sponsors? Yes, we do. This episode is brought to you by the Inner Sound, y'all. Yogurt Backwards, Native Tongues, uh, all that shit in the Jungle Brothers' brains. Mm. Uh, Tribe Called Quest, all the facts and jewels that Queen Latifah was dropping in House Party 2, the Pajama Jammy Jam, Mm. uh, as well as, uh, you know, brought to you by Black Sheep, The Break of Dawn, uh, John Horse, Shirley Chisholm, Black History Month, y'all. Get with that. All day, every day. When it it comes to Black History Month, uh... I know a lot of black people. And uh, excuse me. I got them to vote for me. Uh, uh, and there's this guy, Frederick Douglass. Oh, I'm sorry. He's doing a lot of great work, Frederick Douglass, right now yes. for uh, African America Month. I mean, he's a great guy. Martin Luther King, the bust. Mm-hmm. It, it was there. They thought it was removed. Fake news. Yeah. Fake news. Fake news. But you know, I wanted to. I wanted to do a lot of. Uh, I wanted to do a lot of black history month stuff for this episode i also want to do some valentine's day stuff for this episode but but it turns out that this is just a drunk episode (laughs) which which was right in line with the uh the uh the interview nice and yo this uh, was designed with that said uh let's go into some hot takes okay what y'all got yo uh, i mean like we just said it's black history month oh yeah 
anything black going on? Oh, there's a lot of black things going on. Uh, there's <laughs> quite a few. I recently saw a group of uh, several young Negroes on the <laughs> on the Black Entertainment Channel. Uh, have you guys heard of New Edition? Yes. There yes. was a biopic. Oh, really? Show that happened. I actually, yo, it was phenomenal. Oh wow. Uh, you know, uh, I mean. Wait, I, did you? Were you talking about this before? I think off the pod. Uh, perhaps. I mean, I've been hype about this show for, since I saw it. Okay. Uh, I was talking about it a little bit with Polly Rhymes on on um, Twitter, mm. and uh, you know, I grew up. Mega late close, show at Mega late show. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, I grew up in proximity to to New Edition. And I like a lot of their music through osmosis from my sisters and whatnot. And man, this, this wait, are they from pick, Cali? Nah, nah, they're from uh, they're from Boston. Yeah, they're so from not, oh, they're they're, they're from Roxbury. These cats is like real grimy, you know, real, mm. real black guys, real real Negroes. Mm. But it, it's great, man. And the the cat that plays Adult Bivens, uh, they need to give that kid an award of some sort because he pulls it off. It's really good. Uh, that was the jam, and Yo, they're making funny. a Nas joint now. Well, before we move on from New Edition, it's funny because uh, somebody just showed me a video of. New Edition performing on, I think it's Soul Train, and Bobby Brown definitely throws a baggie of coke out of his pocket and oh, then it falls dances out. and picks it up. Oh yeah, and nobody pokes, peeps it. <laughs> yes, yeah. well, that's old great. Bobby Brown. I mean, fashion. one of the great things about the about the uh, the biopic is you think that yeah, it's a it's a group of young guys who were doing dance moves and singing love songs and whatnot, but. Some of these cats was really into it, especially Bobby. I mean, we've all heard about how grimy Bobby is. And, uh, yeah, Bobby definitely was slanging and doing mm. his regular thing. Hey, check uh. check it out. Check it out. I'm trying I'm trying real hard right now. I know I'm drunk, but I'm trying not to do the, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, say you know and yeah and yes uh, a lot. Verbal fillers. Yeah. Word. So we got a, a, a non-black hot take oh we don't i veto that black history month (laughs) they're gonna have only only the african-americans this time sir shout out to my dad well you know morgan freeman said he don't like a black history month hey because uncle tom asked morgan no i'm just kidding you know why why did why is there only one month what you got what you got okay that's not my my hot take actually it's more Tokyo related since we are in Tokyo. Oh, we gotta okay. give some love. The 2020 Tokyo Olympic medals will be made of recycled electronics. Are they using that. old Famicoms to give niggas gold medals nah, nah, nowadays? No, 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 no. They're hating on Samsung, so they're gonna rip those blowing up phones, <laughs> those blowing up good old fashioned electronics like, book burning. How like, Japanese does that sound to like take like? Like Hyundai's and like <laughs> Galaxy S's. It's, <laughs> it's like trash. Anyway. Let's turn it into gold. And make baby. them all the bronze medals and shit. All right. Breaking up a bunch of cheap Chinese rice cookers. For real. Yo, I also heard that I guess Son Goku is going to be some type of official ambassador oh, really? for the Olympics. Well, he's the man, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Vegeta is the man, but, you know, he's. Both He's of them like are the deadbeat dads, and they need to get their shit together. <laughs> the only motherfucker keeping it real on that show with the fatherhood is Piccolo. And I, I think Piccolo might be a black dude. He ain't got, <laughs> that's true, but he ain't got a father. Piccolo? He's like the stepdad. Uh, He's Gohan? like the strong... You mean he doesn't have a son? Mm. I would argue that Gohan is his son. Well, Yo, it's yeah, true, man. I feel that. I feel you know that. what I mean? Goku is 
a I, Debbie Deb, but just in a different kind of way. I really like. He don't that got a job. Relationship. <laughs> he don't. He don't work. You know what I mean. He don't got a job. He don't work. He doesn't teach his son any valuable life lessons. He's uh, not a fight shit. though. He did fight for his right. He does. He, he doesn't does teach fight. him how to fight though. Nah, I mean, no. Nah, I mean, he does later. Mm. But he pulls all that off. Technically, it's only a single day that he takes out of his life to train Gohan to fight Cell. It's a year in the hyperbolic chamber, but it's only a single day for Chi Chi. This is ways on women. B. Hey man, I watched the, I watched I watched a cartoon before. And not Kai either. The no. whole yeah. shit with seven episodes of filler in between. <laughs> yeah, fuck man. Kai. Yeah. But yo, uh, also recently, Hype Beast released a list of ten Japanese rappers that you need to know in 2017. Oh, nice. And I have to. I have to veto this again. Are they say, black? <laughs> Are they black? <laughs> uh, <hold> <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Are they at least half black? Let's skip the word. Ten black Japanese rappers you All need right, to know good. in 2017. Nice. I'm winking very... Y'all can't see it, but I'm winking on the podcast. Mega can't hear me right now. Say that again? Uh, okay, I'm going to go on to the list. Uh, regretfully, I don't really know a lot of the people on here, man. I, I saw, I I saw two cats that I knew. Fushino, uh, Cole. I think I only knew... Oh, Cole's there, huh? Yeah, yeah. Cole's the man. I think I only knew Cole, man. I thought I knew... Uh, Kid Sugi, so. but that was a different person. Now there's an Il Sugi, I think. This, yeah. this, this name. So. Yo, we got Ko, Anarchy, C O S A, maybe Kosa, Isugi, Isugi, I S S U G I, Candy Town, with a K, Kid Fresino, two, Fresino, two S's, Killa, Killa, is that a black guy? Yes. Nice. No. Okay. Sounds Punky. Nah, Roxbury. S L A C K Slack. Oh wait, but that's with a five. What? Oh, it's like that other cat that, that makes music no, uh, no, black no. that spells it with a six. Yeah, that well, is pretty dope. On his music video, people like him. It's a five. Not me. Not me. Five not me. black. Yeah. Five so black. Slack with else. a five. I mean, you know, it's all about SEO these Ooh, days. How about this one? Yeah. The Otogi Banashis. Yo, props for me for reading that properly the first time, even nice. though I've never said it out loud. Before. Actually, I'd like to uh, I'd like to cross check your work there and take a look at that to make sure <laughs> yo, that it's yo, correct. Yo, 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 can I get a second right. opinion on that? No. Was okay, good. that that looks good. Wait, wait, can the Otogi Banashis. Uh, actually, your phone turned off, and which is good because <laughs> let's get back to Black History Month here. All right, what you got then, Mega? There's also there's also a group of young Japanese guys dressed as. Uh, different eras in hip-hop history you can see one of them in particular he goes by frederick douglas son <laughs> and he wears a baby blue fubu outfit in in shinjuku oh, no actually God. i don't know any of those cats snowy, snowy. Weather. Weather. all right so so the weather report here we go here we go what's up first Mega. Um, no, no, I don't want to go first this time, man. I, I always go first. I actually want to go last this time. Oh, dang. I go this first. This is a logistical James. problem. This is a logistical problem. Uh, okay, then I'll go first. Okay. Is it okay? Um, yeah, but wait, wait uh, 10 seconds. Uh, well, I'll just talk about. <laughs> no, my no, no. Here jam. we go. Here we go. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so this is. Wait, this is by UFO. Oh. And it's called. I recorded these out of order, but yeah. Damn, dream, dream consciousness. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called. Mm-hmm. So it's by UFO. He's actually a friend of mine. Can you um, can you spell that for our people? UFO. That's my name. Y U E F O H. You go, you can find his tracks. He's from Virginia, but now he's based in Tokyo, and we kind of met by by chance. Actually, he was on a, a Google commercial. 
when I first saw him. And then I saw him at a party in Yoyogi Park, and I came up to him, and then we just kind of connected. Yo, what is a Google commercial? No, he was on this um, Google commercial in Japan TV, like uh, on t- Japanese TV. There hmm. was a commercial by Google, and it was just him and a couple Japanese guys traveling to different places. Hmm. And I was like, that's dope. And then I saw him, and I recognized him at a party in Yoyogi Park. Um, and I just talked to him and we connected and he was a really down to earth, really cool guy. And then I found out that he makes music and he does photography. And, um, is he in a tasty English? He is, he is, he's in a tasty English. He's in, um, he's in, um, which one slipped, slipped my mind actually for my, ironic. my YouTube. Ironic. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's a really cool guy and he makes really good, I'm a fan of his music. Yeah, man, he's yeah. nice. I've listened to a couple of his tracks as well, and I've talked to him a little bit. The, can, the you, night, can you run it while we talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The the thing is, it's like a, this track is only like 48 seconds long. Jam it. Let's bust it. It's got this real feel-good vibe. I think it's a Mario, Super Mario sample that he's using in here. Tell me if this gives you a Mario feel. Yeah, it sounds like... Well, I could just see, skip in the metal with this song. Yeah, who is the, I forgot the dude that made all those tracks. That's Mario, right? Oh, that's a, that's yeah. a Mario right there. Yeah, this is a jam. Check him out at soundcloud.com slash native of nothing. Yeah, we'll, uh, I don't know what it's called when you retweet on SoundCloud, but we'll do that to this track. Mega Late Show, soundcloud.com slash Mega Late Show. Yeah, we're going to try and get him on an interview later on when one time aren't you um <clears throat> aren't you also uh talking about maybe doing some art with him yeah we're collaborating um one of his music videos i think uh one of his songs girl i'm gonna direct his a music video for it we're just gonna collaborate we're just gonna make some art together and nice you know seems like a cool cat, and, man. like just put some some fun some good stuff out into the world just we actually we should um we should get him on the podcast man we yeah yeah, yeah. The podcast. we'll talk to him and we'll, maybe we'll, we'll get a good time maybe a couple episodes from now we'll get this guy on the podcast yeah man we sounds don't. good yeah follow him on instagram too ufo y-u-e-f-o-h dope that's that plug respect my hustle okay who's next you, oh what's going on back there i'm just kidding <laughs> uh all right so this is my joint my joint is by a cat named uh, meso he is a, I don't know his ethnic background, but he doesn't look is full he Nihon J. Not black. He's not black. Oh, there is, uh, but there is a Negro that. on this track, and he oh. is a very special Negro. You almost caught a Negro veto. Yeah. Um, no, this is uh, <laughs> this is this is a guy Meso. He is uh, he's based here in Tokyo and Honolulu. Oh wow! Actually, I've met the guy before, um, at an, at an open mic night here. The first time I saw Bugsy perform. And I had a conversation with him, and I'm pretty sure that I've been to shows with him in in Hawaii when I was living in Hawaii. He's down with the uh, the Direct Descendants, which is a, a crew out in Hawaii that's pretty pretty legit and well known in the. Yo, that's a dope ass name. Yeah, they're they're dope, man. They're, very they're, hard. The music scene in Hawaii is so incredible, and he's just one of those cats who is a dope styler. This whole album, he he rhymes in Japanese. Uh, the whole time, but he also speaks, you know, he, he's an English speaker as well. Uh, I picked up the album, and as you can see, I'm rocking the shirt right now. It's called uh, Rokuro, and all the beats are produced by a cat named uh, Masashi, and they're dope. 
Uh, there's two Bug Seed remixes on there. And the track that I chose today is called A to Z, featuring the uh, the indelibly dope Micah 9 of Freestyle oh, wow. Fellowship. And they both style on the track. Um, I you know I can't understand everything that uh, Meso says in his verse, but just judging by it, I'm pretty sure he's going through the alphabet with his with his um, with his bars. Japanese alphabet. Yeah. Well. Well. You know. No. A to Z. Oh, okay. Um, uh, the English alphabet, and it's just dope. It's got a really jazzy feel, and Micah Nine does his sing song styling with some double time sprinkled in there, and you can always count on Micah Nine to be super dope. Uh, I apologize for the quality of it because I ripped the CD. They didn't come with a download code, but I ripped the CD. Mm. And uh, when I ripped it, I only ripped it in 128 uh, kilobytes per second. So it's kind of mm. it's kind of less less clean than it would good. be. But these check it out, man. Um, yes. Anyways. Yeah, these, I mean, yeah, this is real, legit, regular, true school hip hop shit. Yeah, so, so, Meso kills and then you know usually I, I think that Micah Nine's one of those cats that outshines a lot of the people on their own tracks but this one they so kills kills Micah no I mean like they're they're on par they oh, so super talented I like that guy's music yeah I'm not familiar with Meso but this is one of the tracks produced by the whole album's produced by Masashi, but there's two Bug Seed remixes. Okay. You have actually never heard Micah rhyme um, I'm more the used to the more The sing song double time like, That's one thing about Micah man He styles like, Yeah I can imagine so like styles. he's like a style master But he, that's a particular he's, one He's um you know there there is going to be a there's going to be a few MCs in my opinion who are supremely talented who just aren't really heralded as uh, deserving the respect that they they should get in the community and Micah Nine is one of those cats he is uh, like like I was talking about Hawaii there's so many cats in Hawaii whose styles clear lineage from that and I also told you I think that Bone Took a little bit of bite out of that too. Boom, 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 boom. We should bone uh, thugs and harmony. Yeah, we should discuss this. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is for another podcast, but okay, sure. but uh, Micah Nine, respect that and uh, pick, pick this album. Also, the shirt is dope, right? I mean, like got the infinity I mean, symbol you, with the if heart. If you stop rubbing your nipples, I could focus on the shirt. Nah, but that's the best part about it. 
Okay. It's but yeah, dope, yeah. man. It's so, dope, but it's white though, so it gets dirty fast. But it's good on a summer day. Yeah. I, I only break dance on the cleanest of linoleum floors. So. <laughs> but but yeah, check it check it out. It's uh, Meso uh, Rokuro on Meditative Records. Uh, you can buy his record right now at the Tower Records in Shibuya and Shinjuku. He's got a little. They got his picture up there and everything, man. It's dope. Oh, that's a good look. But I po- I caught this with the shirt for thirty five. So I would just order it online and get the shirt, baby. What's the label? Do you know? Meditative, Meditative Records, and it's it's solid. We're gonna nice. try and get him on a podcast. Yeah, actually, I spoke to him uh, about an interview, maybe for the writing projects or even the podcast. But he said uh, maybe in March. We'll see what's up. Okay, I'll, cool. I'll hit him up again. Cool, he's cool, cool. he's a cool cat. He's dope. His music's really nice. good. I'm glad good you support that. Support that. Late. What we got? Yo, you can drop mine and we can just rap over it. Um, you okay? My Let's do that. All right. So what is this? This is Trick Daddy, right? Yeah. Uh, yo, I forgot every Trick Daddy song whatsoever <laughs> right now. <laughs> my neck. No, this is uh, what's her name? Uh, my neck. That's my a back. Kia, right? Yeah, yeah. Kaya, Kia, something like that. Yo, what's the track with a uh, big boy? I used to love that track. Drawing the blowing the wind, drawing the wind, drawing the wind. That's a good track. I'm but gonna nah, have this to pretend is, uh, like I know what you're talking about right there. But yo, shout out to the dirty south. Yo, this is uh what we're gonna be talking about today. Yo, I, I kind of caught the spirit when I was you know going back listening to some of their older albums. This is off of one of the albums that got me back into the group, the Grind Date. I don't want to get too deep into it because we're gonna chop it up a little bit. But uh yeah, this is Verbal Clap off of the Grind Date. Dilla on the beat. Um, Dave just like styling. Uh, I don't know. Just great. Pasta new skills on this one too. It's a really good track. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll keep talking over it just in case they try to pull us off of the SoundCloud for this. Oh, right, yeah. I think we should be good, right? I mean, good. this album's on, YouTube, on right? Spotify and shit, so maybe it's cool. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, I got a, a Mace on this track, but he's Maceo, who's also our interviewee. So yeah man trying to keep it synergetic up in here mm. i feel bad talking over these bars because they go so hard on this track it's almost blasphemous to do this type to do this thing but it's the nature of our work yeah somebody's got to do it but yeah can can you uh, tell us the name of the track again so people can find this in the bars it's a verbal clap uh de la soul off of their album the grind date pretty sure it's delon the beat I mean, and I mean, if you listen, you can hear the the samples. Clap yeah. your hands to what he's doing. Yeah, it's like very familiar. Yeah, but you know, and it's kind of a departure from De La Soul style. Uh, I don't want to get too into it, but yeah, yeah, dope track. Yeah, definitely, definitely a jam, a total, a bulk jam. Yeah. Wait, what album? Sorry, uh, the Grind Date. The Grind Date. Yeah, I think two thousand four. 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 Nice. But yeah, it's a good choice, man. Yeah, it's good. Like it. Good looks. I wanted to play my Dela track too after he chose this. I feel kind of mad that now, hold up. I didn't take hold the time up. to do that. Hold up, nigga. Hold I feel up. like I feel like I should just do it anyways. But then this, if you did it, I would have had to do it as well. Hey, I think this is hey. well rounded, my friend. Yo, let's know. take a break and just like, get into the shit. I don't want to take a break. I want to play my Dela track. <laughs> hey, uh, okay, okay, we will do it. Take take a break. Mark is very handsome. This party started right. Check it out. Pasta news. True guard. P.A. Mace. 
TV Unplugged. Wednesday night at 7.30, 6.30 Central, and 10, 9 Central. Mega wants to say something, but he don't want to say something. No, no, I was wondering, are we rolling? Yeah, yeah we're oh, rolling. Oh, <laughs> hey, welcome back to the show. Uh, all right, so we're getting into the topic here, and yeah. which is we're going to be talking about De La Soul's uh, discography. And we have to pick a single album that gets into hip-hop heaven. Basically, well, what mean, we're saying is that this is their best album. Yeah, so I mean, I guess we could do it like a couple ways. We could either each have an album we want to throw up, or we could just discuss all their albums and then try to come to a consensus together at the end. However y'all want to run with it. Let's let's start from the top. Let's, let's talk about their albums. Word. Let's talk about their albums. Um, okay. No, let's start, let's start differently. Let's talk about our first experiences with De La, how you, how you found out about them and, and, and why you like them or if you even do like them. Well, for me, is it cool if I go first? Yeah, yeah, bust it out. Uh, it's gotta be either, actually, you know what? It might be cool to throw in the tracks under, so maybe we should... Do you want to cut the music or just yeah yeah it? yeah let's do that then yeah oh. it might uh it's either gonna be uh, a roller skating jam called saturdays or me myself and i definitely <clears throat> first exposure i remember me myself and i but um i'm not sure i even knew what was really going on with that i mean when it come out like 1989 right oh, no no i'm i'm definitely not talking about at the time i definitely came upon it later i didn't start really getting heavy into hip-hop until like late middle school and i definitely started more with atlanta music and pop okay and then got more into east coast new york stuff you see i had older sisters who were like um excuse me i keep on saying like i had older sisters who were listening to music you know like every every person of color does mm. and so because of them i of course heard de la soul and it was also on the radio back then you know the radio used to actually play music and good music I w- i'll i'll say and so i did hear some tracks from three feet high and rising i guess the joints that came on the radio but i really didn't start getting into um de la soul until around stakes is high when i started recognizing who they were and that they were a you know a group of a group of people and what their names were and then um later probably in the late 90s i started getting other tracks from the first albums uh you know on mixtapes and everything because I, I didn't have the money to to buy their joints and i don't think that that like what was it billboard or bmg music group where you pay one cent and get 12 cds oh, i don't no. think they had the album was that it was like Tommy, columbia columbia um Music, music group or something music like something that. like that yeah. so i didn't have any of their albums physically up until later what about you steez when, when did you get into de la um admittedly i'm not a very big de la fan but i've always been very respectful to them uh the first time i like caught wind of them was actually because when i was growing up i'm a, I'm a huge gorillas fan uh the virtual oh, band okay. created by damon alburn and um, I believe their second album is when Feel Good Inc. came yeah, out, yeah. which is probably their biggest track to date. And uh, yeah, so the, the maniacal laugh. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I gotta Wait, give a Steve, shout. Are out. you talking about your laugh? No, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to do Maceo's laugh in the beginning. Oh, okay, okay. 
and mm-hmm. um, yeah, the rap uh, by Dave. And so I, I found out that that was De La Soul. Yo, like, I'm oh, always confused. Is it Dave or is it Positive News on that track? Dave, I believe. Dave. I don't know the track. But Pause is in the video. I feel think, good. Right? You don't know that track. Feel good. Don't uh, stop. I, I get do, it. Get it. I don't. I don't. Oh, don't, don't get it. Get it. Let me watch me navigate. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You never heard that track? No, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm damn certain that I have, but I can't remember who's on the track. Yeah. Well, De La Soul's on the track. That's how I found out. And they got nominated. One of them. No, no, no. Uh, it's only Paz? These are saying all of them. I think, no, Dave raps on it, but, like, Maceo laughs in the beginning, and he laughs later at the end. And, I mean, it's always listed as De La Soul, but I always feel like in the video, you only see Paz, but I might be mistaken. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wanted to give a shout-out to, to De La Soul, because you were the second person who told me that they were introduced to some dope hip-hop through, I mean, not to De La Soul, to the Gorillas, because I know cats are like, I like Dell. And they're like, oh, mm. how did you hear about Dell the Funky Homo Sapien? They're like, Clint Eastwood by the Gorillas. And so to hear another cat say that the Gorillas put them on to um, De La, that's dope. And yeah. De La toured with the Gorillas, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that was shout that, out to yeah. the Gorillas. I love the I'll have to say the same thing about Dell. I didn't know who he was until There we go. Fantastic. Mm. Yeah, Damon Auburn, he always reaches out to like all these artists that he, you know. He, he got a Bobby Womack. Yeah, Bobby yeah. Womack. Bo- Bobby. Is it Bobby Womack? Yeah, 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 yeah. Before he passed away. Oh, he died? Rest in peace, I believe so. Yo. Before his rest fake in power. Yeah, rest in power. He was in um, Plastic Beach. Yeah, that was a good track. Which was a great was a track. track. A great track. But yo, man. Uh, yeah. Do you guys want to go through the albums and talk about them a little bit? That's, and your that's, experience that's with them? Lot, it's going to take a lot of time if we talk about every album. Not every album, but let's just I mean, keep we, talking like we're talking now. Okay, well, I mean, here, here's where well, it comes was, to, So, go ahead. Sorry, my bad. I was going to say, like, unlike you, Mega, like, I didn't really have any influence as far as knowing De La Soul at the time, contemporarily. Like, when I was just, you know, becoming an, a music listener consciously by myself, like, their moment had already kind of passed. Like, oh, they yeah, weren't really yeah. on the radio or on <laughs> MTV or BT as much. So I had to rediscover them. And I, I want to say, like, maybe through TV shows or just, like, I don't know. But me, myself, and I, I definitely remember because, I mean, that's a classic sample and everybody knows, like, that break. Yeah, that, that is seeped into that is seeped into the, uh, the, the public consciousness and the cultural consciousness. Like, it, I mean, it was like in Good Burger or something, right? That so, may be what I'm talking true. about. Yeah, that may be what I'm like talking the, about. Like the Keenan and Kel joint? Good, yeah. Welcome to Good Burger, yeah, home yeah, of the yeah, Good yeah. Burger. Because yeah. your boy was a big uh, Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. Oh, shout out. I, I like Keenan and Kel as well. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, oh, I'm, I'm a few years older than you guys, so but... I also I also missed out on a lot of a lot of Daylight. The first the first two albums were they're 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 not as uh, as beloved by me as they probably should be. Are we, but are I we? can make an I, I I will make an argument for them being incredible because I think we might all agree on that. Well, the first album defined them and defined oh, shit, my bad. the raps the rap skit. It created that, so we got to give love to them. But oh I mean, yeah, no, yeah, no, no. The, I mean, like, they they created the the rap groundbreakers, skit. you know, innovators. But me personally, the rhyme style 
it's really hard. Like even now, like when I first listened to it, I didn't really like it. And I've listened to it maybe like the whole album like 10 times since then. And that would have been like what? 10, how old am I? 10, 13 years ago when I first listened to it. And I still can't really rock with the first two albums. What about they're, Hey Love? I mean, Talk yeah, about hey they're individual love. tracks that are like dope. Sure, I understand what you're saying. One thing about one thing about Three Feet High and Rising is it is undoubtedly an album for that era. And and when you listen to it, and this, and I think this is how you should define a classic album. That classic album has to encapsulate everything that's going on at the time. Whereas, like a, a, a good album, can just be good music. But a classic album, when you play that, it kind of ticks off everything that's going on but in that period. Is there and a difference? Eighty-nine. What? What do you mean? Is there a difference between classic and timeless? Uh, I mean, you could make a semantic difference, but I'm not sure that. I'm not sure that I've. Sorry, uh, Fake news, fake news. I'm not I'm not sure that I would make a distinction in what I'm trying to say because I do think that mm, timeless sure I would say that I would say that there is a there is a difference between classic and timeless okay uh, a timeless album is something that you play it and it works out anytime I suppose would be the definition right 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 I mean I can still go back and listen to three feet high and, and rising and no, I mean, like to it, but like, I don't know timeless. Me, myself, and I, and there's some other joints on there that are mm-hmm. timeless. But as a whole, like, I don't know. I really find it, it's a trial. Like, I have to put effort in to listen to the whole album. I, when I listen to it, it's kind of like a time capsule that I think I can draw back a lot of influence to. I think that that is one of the most, um... I would, I would probably say that it's one of the most influential albums of the late 80s and 90s. And you can only apply that to a few different albums. And if I had to say from like 93 to like 88, the albums that were the most influential, it would probably be, you know, Illmatic, The Chronic, Three Feet High and Rising, and I'd hear an argument for something else. But those three are undoubtedly albums that change the cultural landscape in the direction of the, the music scene three feet high and rising kind of expressed this radical individualism that allowed people to be their authentic selves and it was kind of outside of the theatrics while still projecting a lot of theatrics mm. and i think that if you were to talk to guys like quali q-tip um most deaf common they would probably all tell you the same thing that three feet high and rising was just a pivotal album to them and i think you can even trace back guys like um freestyle fellowship and the movement that happened in the west coast as this album being kind of i, I hate when i use these uh disfluencies kind of like all the time in the speech Excuse yeah, we me. All, we all gotta work i'm on working on tics. it yeah i'm working on it but i think that yeah Three Feet High and Rising, despite me not loving it, it might be the strongest joint that they got in terms of the argument of what gets into. Goodbye, Mom. Oh, it was uh, it was lovely nice meeting you. Meet I hope you. I can see you again before you leave. We're saying goodbye to uh, to Caesar's mom, who's visiting us right now from the states. Um, but yeah, I think I think that it might be the, the it's probably there's probably the strongest argument. In my opinion, despite me, it's not my favorite Daylight album. I think 
like it's hard to like with such pivotal innovative albums it's hard to look at them critically with such hindsight i think because if you look at a like before bob dylan started using electric guitar in his folk music like nobody was doing that Mm -hmm. so you might think or if you listen to the first time like you know uh the beatles well that's a bad example but you know the first time somebody does something and then you look at it like 50 years later after there's been so many more innovations and Mm -hmm. it's been built upon you might say yo this is kind of not good but then you gotta remember the blade runner argument like What's people, the Blade Runner? Well, the uh, Blade Runner is undoubtedly one of the most influential sci- sci-fi films that were ever created. I think that it still holds, you know, a lot of value for the direction of the sci-fi genre. But a lot of people think that it's boring. A lot of people don't look at it and see it as kind of a cultural marker that kind of changed the landscape for sci-fi films and the direction that they made. It's hard to see the value in it when, when so many people have taken a lot of elements from it and build it onto them and done it better yeah but you have to look at it just the same way as you look at hitchcock hitchcock films are not the high water mark of everything happening but it was so much the genesis for these things and if we're talking if we're using that kind of metric to determine which of these albums makes it into the heaven i think that it might have a lot of weight i think that's a good question like how are we determining the, the criteria yeah the criteria um that's good well let's talk about some of the other albums and then see if we can piece it together um i'm not i, I like de la soul is dead and i wish these were sitting on the couch because i think that's his I, choice i think that's his, yeah, i think his that's his favorite. choice i i i think it's a more mature album um, i definitely there's some can feel it tracks more it. than three feet high and rising. rising which one de la soul is dead so we, we, we discussed we discuss our points about Three Feet High and Rising, and now we're moving on to De La Soul is Dead in, in terms of why this would be but, the album that makes but it. But that can I album... A, can I have a beer, Steez? Yeah. Do we have any more? That Thank album you. is long as fuck. It's so long. And that is a big tick mark for me as to... Thank you, sir. Yeah. Uh, as to why I wouldn't put it there. It's like mm. that new Cuddy album. Did you try to listen to it? Steez, no. I need you to be here for this, baby. Oh, you okay. take care, take care of your thing. No, but but you can listen to this later, and then we'll have a conversation about. Wait, what are you talking about? I was going to say that that new Kid Cudi album is too damn long, just like really? this. Dude, I listened to it, long? and I was like, it's it's like an hour and nineteen minutes or something. It's like an eighty-minute album or something. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> not for not for your boy, because there's not a lot of aesthetic changes to like, it. Like, are you listening? Or are you just like waiting till it ends or something? No, I'm listening to it and being like, Yo, damn, Steve, I've been listening deep. for an hour. Are you just listening? Or are you waiting till it ends? I I'm doing both, actually, and I'm anticipating it. And but this, but but what what Corn is saying is that it's a long album and it's a strike against it. About Daylight Souls Dead. Right. Mm, okay, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get it's more into this Cuddy album. Twenty-seven tracks, I'm pretty sure. Okay. I don't dead. know the count. I've again, like I just like I said earlier, I picked uh, a lot of the tracks that I know from this album were on mixtapes given to me later. I never owned this album on CD during the '90s. Oh really? Yeah, I might have downloaded it with Soul Seek in. The but I mean, 2000s. you've heard it as an album. Oh yes, 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 okay. absolutely, absolutely. But I didn't listen to it. And um, I mean, mine is as an album the first time. Like the five skits or however many skits, it's like twenty, 
22, 21, 22, 23 tracks, but that's a lot of tracks, man. Yeah, it's long. Um, what do you think, of, in terms of these two albums, what do you think about Prince Paul's production on the two? I mean, that's probably... Who has the stronger... Which album has the stronger production? Oof, that's a hard question. I'd probably give it to... I'd probably give it to... I think three is feet dead. high. Really? Yeah. I kind of of feel that Prince Paul got more into a groove when it came to... I think you can hear the progression in his skill, Mm -hmm. but as far as like the samples he used and the way he used them, I think Three Feet High and Rising is a bit more interesting. Mm. I think there's there's a progression, as you said, there's a progression to his style and a deliberate, kind of a a deliberacy, an attempt to to make certain things happen changes you know from yeah. his stetisonic days and i think that i prefer the production more on de la soul is dead whereas three feet high and rising some of it sounds a little dated to me more than yeah more definitely than See, you you really like this one right mm-hmm. which one yeah the soul is dead, dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah yeah this is this is your choice for out of those two mm-hmm. yeah yeah i would say so okay. i would say like a lot of people in three feet high and rising a lot of people you know thought they were like the hippies of hip hop or whatever so they had to redo something to reconstruct themselves yeah, reinvent themselves and you know like more all, introspective album also too. like after you, you get the hype uh, a lot of people you know they either go with it or they fall off because of just all the all the fun they're having but they, they came back and they had a pretty legitimate sophomore album it was it was a decent sophomore album was um 10 10 just speaking what, what we Maybe say, 10 less. minutes yeah 10 minutes left yeah how, how long have we been talking like 20 oh christ all we right well let's we go. can't talk about all the albums we we just need to get in okay the f- first five we don't we don't need to talk about the last four albums we only got two more albums that really are in the argument i think okay well if you're going to tell me that grind time gets into grind date grind, grind date. date gets into hip-hop heaven i'm going to have to veto that on black history month i personally like grind date more than De La Soul is Dead and Three Feet High and Rising but no I don't think it should get in before Three Feet High okay okay Balloon Mind State that's my favorite joint from them in terms of cohesiveness I mean that's when I also I I think that that's kind of Prince Paul's finest moment it's got it's got what I think are are some of the most definitive uh, De La tracks in I Am I Be uh, they also got that dope joint with uh, that Japanese group. What are they called? I wrote it down. I forget the teriyaki name. Teriyaki uh, No, no, no. <laughs> yes, them. Shout out to Teriyaki uh, What is it? Uh, Sadarpar. Uh, long... Sucha Darapa. No. Parapa No. No, that's that's definitely not it. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like Balloon Mind State. I think it's a weird album. Uh, but I that's, that's the one that I probably like the most. In the terms third, of my personal album, right? taste, my yeah. In terms of my personal taste, I would not put that into hip hop heaven if I had to choose between them. So, and I wouldn't put Stakes is High in hip hop heaven. If so I had to what choose. is going into hip hop heaven? Stakes is High definitely gets into hip hop heaven. Yeah, that's your choice. Yeah, me too. Yeah, actually. definitely your choice. Stakes is as High as the the single album. That, I'm kind of surprised it, you would dismiss it outright. I, like I I I just have to. I mean it. It is definitely the top three for me. Mm. Top three De La albums for me, but here's the thing: like I think that De La is more defined by their uh, the initial release, and I think that putting an album without Prince Paul into hip hop heaven is kind of blasphemous. 
But we're not talking about Prince Paul. We're talking about we, De La Prince Soul. Paul is a is a damn near uh, De La member. He produced most of the first three albums. But that's all of the first three albums, pretty much. I like, mean, that's like saying before this last album came out that you can't have any tribe album in without Jerobi on it. Wait, I don't understand the parallel. The tribe Prince album Paul, is still Prince Paul was, you know, initial to the beginnings. But, the first three albums. Yeah, but since then he hasn't really been a major contributor to them at all. So I don't know why he has to be included in their album that we're talking because about. Because the greatness that is defined as De La is the first three out, al- the first four albums, and, and Stakes is High is the best one. Is the fourth? Is the fourth album? But I, I, I just can't, I can't put it into, I can't put it in hip hop heaven. Above Three Feet High and Rising, I think Three Feet High and Rising is the most influential. Yo, Steve, I need a non-Negro veto over here. The reason why Stakes is High gets in <laughs> is because it's just you know, like they were they were talking about where rap was heading, where hip hop was heading, all the fucking the greed and all that, and De La Soul has always been a yeah. positive. I mean, the theme group. is so like crucial on that album especially the way they do the criminal minded talk at the beginning and then at the end they talk about three feet high and rising but it's on that album stakes is high that they did it on and i mean most is on there common is on there and they killed it both of them yeah i mean i don't know that's the first that's the first that's the first time i heard most I think I think it's probably the first time most people heard most. I think this is the first most. That's kind of his breakthrough, yeah. yeah. I I definitely uh, you know Stakes is yep. high. The title track is probably one of my favorite De La joints, mm. and it's probably one of the most popular joints. It's Dilla, you know. And I think it's the only joint he produced on that album, yeah. though. Yeah. But it's Dilla. But in terms of, I mean, in terms of it being more substantial than. Three Feet High and Rising, I just couldn't do it. I feel like my homie Odyssey Rock, who's a huge fan of De La, would probably flick me in the forehead for choosing Stakes is High over it. I like Stakes is High more than Three Feet High and Rising, but, but I think if we're Three talking Feet about Hip Hop Heaven, is, right? Like, we're not the, talking here, about. Here's, here's the thing all four of those albums get into hip-hop heaven but we're this, talking about right now like we're trying to this is why we did it like what, what only we're trying to say in. is like what is their best album no 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 like for this discussion if only one can get in do we want an album that we wouldn't listen to all the way through to go through i don't listen to sticks as high all the way through either oh Okay. I'm just saying the message, you know, like the, the message of like the way hip hop was going and it went, it ended up going into that direction. That's probably one of the reasons why De La Soul wasn't so big because a little bit after, like, you know, Puffy and his all fucking, you know, they, li- living the high life and they did catch um, heat from two for but, that album. But I'm pretty sure Balloon Mind State has ego tripping on it and not Stakes as High. And Balloon Mind State. Uh, 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 ego tripping was about the message you guys are arguing for stakes is high. That's the video that made them get into that made Tupac think that they were beefing with him, right? I thought it was stakes is high. Uh, I'm, isn't it ego tripping? I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure ego tripping is on balloon mind state. Let 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 let. Steez, where's the fact checking? You gonna fact check your mom, but you ain't gonna fact check this thing is hot, baby. Come on, baby. Hold on. I'm pretty sure the ego tripping is on balloon mind Yeah, it's not on stakes, it's high. I'm saying. So 
But I ego up. tripping is the track that talks about the direction that hip hop was going. Balloon mindset came out in what ninety three. Six. E- oh, sorry. I was thinking about six. Six as high as ninety six. We're already well into. We're already well. This. I mean, so that was one track though, right? Yeah, but it is the whole joint. Like but, they make fun of LL on this sh- on but that joint. I got. I got Wikipedia up, which is slightly fake news. But it says, Stakes is High dealt with many topics, including the state of hip-hop. I don't want to hear about a Wikipedia Commercialization of hip-hop it? culture, criticism towards gangster rap. This hold, would hold cause on. great contempt with the late gangster rapper Tupac, who would later retaliate on the song Against All Odds from his posthumous 1996 album. Uh, I'm going to cut it short. Machiavelli, everybody knows that shit. You realize, though, that Ego Trippin', the video for Ego Trippin' is where they make fun of Tupac. It's a parody of Tupac's I Get Around video with the white mansion and the bitches, and they point it out, and that is where the initial cause of concern came from, right? But That's it. That, when that's did it, Balloon right? Mind State come out? 93, I want to say. The video might have came later. I don't know when the video came, I mean, but that's what I'm a saying long is, way from... 96 yeah. but but the point you guys are trying to make is not that Tupac had a problem with it the point is that you're talking about the direction of hip hop and that happened on Balloon Mind State Oh I wasn't I wasn't making that point Oh well Steez was I think what? Well, why the why, direction of hip hop? Why can't it be both? It is both, but, but just, the argument, the argument, the argument that was just is one song compared to one album. Like Sticks is High is the, the general theme of the whole album. I think there was a. Uh, it's not a, to me. It's not as pivotal because they were not the only artists that were talking about the changes in hip hop at that. Yeah, time. but yeah, I definitely, I, definitely, I can agree with that. Everybody, the was. album's not great because of the message. The album's great because the music is better. Their rhymes are stronger, and I, I kind of think that I kind of think that they're comparable. Kind of think they're comparable. My argument isn't that my argument isn't that there is a big leap in quality, or that quality is a thing. My argument is I would that say lyrically, there's a huge leap in quality. I think I well I think Dave I think Dave or I guess at Balloon Mindset it was Tregoy. I guess Tregoy and Poss I thought they were both solid as fuck on on uh, Balloon Mindset. I am. I wait. Be, are you arguing probably, for Balloon Mindset? No, I'm arguing that. There's a lot of quality before Stakes is High, and it's not a big jump in, in quality and the sound of the album. I'm arguing that the most pivotal and influential and and the strongest album for them to, to go into hip hop heaven is the first one. That's that's my argument. What I would say is between Stakes is High and Balloon Mind State, there's not a huge jump. Like that's true. Dave really starts to turn up on Balloon Mind State, and I'm sure. You know, pause does too, but I'm a huge Dave fan, so I pay attention to him a lot more. And between you like Dave, is high, you like Dave more than Pause? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna have to rock with Dave on that. Respect. I do like Dave a lot too. I like Pause. I always, I always thought that Pause would have the solo album. Oh, let, let's not, let's not, let's not. <laughs> but but, but between ahead, that stakes and Three Feet High, there's a humongous leap. I feel like. Like it's just undisputably better in almost all areas. In terms of influence, no, just quality. I, but that—that's kind of where I'm hinging my. That's kind of where I'm hinging this. But we're it's not. Like, it's like it's like this. It's like this. If you were to say that, if you were to take Nas's body of work, right, and you would say that Nas's that his beat choices and things evolved and got better and his content got better on one of his later albums 
I, I feel like you can make that argument like, okay, he does things better. The rhymes are better. The story's better uh, on, on some of these albums. Some of the things are more prolific or, or uh, Stillmatic has better constructed songs. But none of that is true but against. Still, still, Stillmatic has better constructed songs than like uh, the storytelling that it took a jump in quality in terms of his storytelling but Illmatic changed the cultural landscape and there's very few things that change the cultural landscape in hip-hop than stay, uh, Three Feet High and Rising but what, what changed hip-hop Illmatic as much as that by itself without looking at its historical influence is dope without any of that I know a lot of people to say the same thing about Three Feet High and Rising. I just don't care for but it because they're not, I'm a little older. They're not in this room right now. <laughs> well, that's why I'm arguing for that. For that, I'm saying that the 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 influence that that album had and the way that it trickled out and changed hip hop as a whole mm. is much more of a strong argument than liking the album. But see, here's what liking I'm here's what I'm feeling more. like. Right, like this isn't the rock and roll. You know, Hall of Fame that we're talking about. We're talking. We're talking about, about heaven, hip hop heaven, death or if I'm in hip hop, eternal damnation or paradise. And if, that's what I'm saying. If I could only listen to Three Feet High and Rising, knowing that Stakes and High this couldn't come in. This is not the out the door test either, though. But You're we're only picking heaven. one. We're only picking one. That's why it's an out the door test. It can't be an out the door test if it's heaven. There's only one. That's what I'm saying. You're, it's Highlander. This is not, this is it's not Highlander the heaven test. now. We're being now very. We're, now we're moving. You're, we're moving the bar. <laughs> what is this? The Bernie Sanders campaign again? No, we, now we don't need the super delegates. No, we talked about this because, like you said, all four of those albums would probably get in. But for this to be an Not interesting, probably. I think always. I think they do. Fair enough. Okay. But for this to be an interesting discussion, we're saying only one. Mm. Yeah. And that's uh, why I'm not gauging mine on an out the door test of what I like more. I'm gauging mine on which one is the greater album. And I think Three Feet High and Rising is greater. In terms of impact, sound, trajectory of the culture, and just changing things. So think, think about it like greater. this. You're in hip-hop heaven. Mm -hmm. The only daylight you can listen to is Three Feet High and Rising. Mm -hmm. That's cool with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree to disagree on that. Agree to disagree. Great album, but uh, I really need stakes as high. Well, what, really what we want, what we want, it's like uh, I, I, I'm sure we don't have a lot of listeners right now, but I'd like to hear their <laughs> opinions too. I'd like to hear their opinions too. <laughs> I, I definitely would like to hear their opinions too. What? I don't, I don't. Again, let's post I don't, it on Facebook. I don't love, we'll, I don't we'll love throw it down on Facebook. Yeah, we'll do a poll. Well, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, we'll do a poll. That's good. It's gonna be hard to for someone to win because you know you both have really good arguments. What about, what about? just googling you know what you know no, what man yes, but there's so many factors involved that's what i'm saying you know? that's what we're arguing you know what man fuck it you know i'm gonna go with the r-u-n album i'm changing my whole shit you know oh, shit. shout out to nike you know let's 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 do a marathon and talk about it <laughs> i'm just gonna google best de la soul that was album. my way of trying that's to end the second list that's not fair <laughs> dog. i just want to see what people say Yo, yo, uh, we're going to cut it right now before Mega gets into <laughs> to his Google bullshit. Yo, uh, let's take a break oh, uh, and go on to our interview with Maceo. Oh, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about we have to talk about what's on what's on the interview. Well, let's talk about the how break. it happened. After oh, the break. Oh. After the break. Peace. Break, break, break. Oh, 
お前一人に一体何ができる誰が一人だと言ったPodcast. Um, that was a nice little break we took there with some chicken. Uh, now let's uh, let's go into the weather report. Here's the part of the episode where we tell you about the shows that we know about. Of course, we don't have all of them, but we're trying to get most of them. So send us any event if you are a promoter or an artist. If you want us to push your stuff, we will push your stuff. Twitter. Network with us. You don't even Megas gotta listen to the podcast. You don't even gotta listen to the podcast. Just send us the show information because I want to know when Lidley is playing so I can go check it out. I want to know when these shows are happening so I can check it out. So we can check it out. Uh, but yeah, so um, this episode should drop around what the 14th, Valentine's Day, 15th We're of February. Trump Valentine's Day. Oh, sorry. Shout Excuse out, me. Sorry about Shout that. out to African American Month. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, so Valentine's Day, the commercialism of Valentine's Day. We're just going to bring up some good shit, you know. This is coming at you free. For the price of on the house. Don't be my nigga. But, but please do let us know if you want to PayPal us any money or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your point is for an interface. That thing was pricey, so I'm going to need a little bit of ends for that. Uh, listeners. Any sponsors? Just the listeners. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to give yeah, this where out. Where are you at, Tupac's Unibrow? You want us to push you, push you? Sponsor us. How about that? Yo, before we start anything else, we're going to get a Patreon started. We need a Kickstarter. We need a help. Uh, what it, yeah. No, no. Uh, not at all. But let's start. What's like a little first, back and forth. What is our first date that we got? Yo, so you're listening to this uh, around Valentine's Day. So for the 17th of February, we got Il Sugi, Aru. Aru? Aru? Aru 2. Aru 2, Green Assassin Dollar, all at Nakano Heavy 6 Zero. That's Friday the 17th. Yo, and Aru 2, we played we played some of his music on the, the last background. podcast. Steve's wanted to know when he could go check it out. Let's go to that show, fellas. Word. Next, next Friday, or talking from now, I guess. 
But yeah, I can't make it. I can't make it. Bring sorry. your pops. Damn, I can't make it either. I just realized I can't make it. Oh, that was some fake I'm news I'm from Mega. Up, I'm gonna hit up RO2 and try to get an interview with him. He's a dope okay. kid. He's cool. What else should we check out? Should we go to the Harlem 20th anniversary? Hold on, wait, wait, wait. Next day on the 18th, we got Mind Design, Starro, Ukebeb at mm. Sound Music or Sound Museum Vision. Sorry. Sound Vision Museum. Fact check, fact Yo. check, fake news. And then on the 25th, we wait got. Wait a second, can I say something about one of those artists? Yes. Uh, Yuki Beb. Yeah. She uh, like she does name. joint with uh, Tokyo <laughs> Bay, Shiori Bradshaw. Cue the Dreamweaver music. Shiori Bradshaw and also Dreamweaver. Um, and also uh, Jada B, who's from Atlanta, and they run these these three wonderful ladies. They run to uh, Bay Tokyo. Oh, where Tokyo Bay? They're D- Tokyo Bay. They're three DJs, and that's probably going to be. Oh, dope. I need the that link sound her, Vision music. I, I I try. I followed her on Facebook. I mean, uh, on Twitter, but she didn't follow us back. She's oh. above our pay grade. Well, follow her in real life. Message her. Yo, I forgot. Shout Joyce out. Rice Talk is also at that show. She's a singer from LA. I don't want to leave anybody out. Rice. Okay, Rice with a 18. W. Yes. W Rice. Yes, with the W. And that's in Shibuya. That's at Vision, Sound Museum Vision. In Shibuya. And then on the 25th, we got a 20th anniversary at Harlem. What, yep. what are they celebrating? Just being there? 20. Actually, is it 20? I guess it's 20 years since they. You know, since Camp Low dropped that album, <laughs> <laughs> they've been around for 20 hey, years. This so is that's it. Uh, what? Yeah, ever since Yo. seven. So who is jamming on that? Yeah, I didn't know. Yo, I'm at that at show we're gonna have Hazime, Watarai, DJ Safari, DJ Sa, Habanero Posse, DJ Alamaki, DJ Hero, and Marzi. Do 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 do. Hello. So, yeah, that's a stack show. I don't I don't know any of those cats, but it sounds like it's. That might be, be a fun jam. night. I may have to go in there and get you know uh, dissed by some Japanese girls that like hey, real you black guys. Hey, you going to Agiha with me tonight, right? I, I'm a little yeah, drunk already, I, but let's we go. We going to Agiha? <laughs> we're, ta- we're, we're taking the taxi. Uh, Yo, okay. I'm drunk up. now. I'm sorry. Hold up. No, Let's wrap this shit but, up. All right. Oh, Yo, uh, sorry, y'all. We got turned up during the oh. day law discussion, so we have to cool things out with a lot of alcohol. Yeah, just give me some of that beer. They're going to Agiha. It's only the spit in there. Yo, I'm so also sorry. on the 25th, <laughs> I'm at the we got a tribute to Nujabe. Oh. Let's go to that with 5D's Fat John, Pace Rock, DJ Chica, aka Inherit, and DJ Minoyama, and that's at Vent. But that's the same day as uh, the Harlem. Okay, so uh, what, what would you go to the the tribute to Nujabis or Harlem's 20th? Yo, I'd go to tribute to Nujabis first, then yes. I go in the Harlem. Nah, I think. The night. Uh, okay. Oh, I got it. Backwards. Oh, that's an all night. That's an all night thing. Harlem, I'm guessing. Well, I gotta just I gotta cut it and get to that midnight train because I got. <laughs> you can't go nowhere, Steve. <laughs> Yo, uh, let's I'm... go to the Nujabis and then I gotta cut out. Then you go to the Harlem after that. Alright, that sounds pretty good. Okay, cool. 25th, right? 25th of February. Yo, who's rolling? If you're rolling, check us out. Hit us up and we'll talk. I look a lot like our picture uh, of our three faces, but I'm not purple. Hella handsome, though. That's true. (laughs) March 11th, we got Corin Bailey Ray at Akasaka Blitz. March 18th, Pete Rock and CL Smooth at Sound Museum Vision. March 19th, Mary J. Blige at Shin Kiba Studio. Oh shit! I can't I read. Shin Kiba Studio Sound Coast. Sound How Coast. much she charge? I feel like that. I should she say that one more time. Eight. Go ahead, go ahead. Yo, Mary J. Blige. And same, I really can because Mary birthday. J. Blige is gonna be at that same place on the twentieth. Oh, 
Wednesday the 19th, Yo. Thursday the 20th, Mary J. Blige at Chin Kiba Studio Sound Coast. I'm not going to that. We got to go to that. <laughs> no, I'm not going to that. How much are the tickets? On $80? The $140? Expensive. No, I'm uh, sorry. A bucket of KFC. Uh, a bucket of my KFC? Hell no. Chicken fight, chicken fight. On <laughs> May 25th, we got hey, Jamiroquai. No, I'm not Tokyo pay- International Forum. Jamiroquai. Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Black hey. History Month. <laughs> Black History Month. <laughs> let me let me let me talk about Jamiroquai. He's got for his hand wait raised. a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold you on. guys see the hat? You see Going the hat that I'm wearing X. right now? Yo, I've got. Uh, you see the hat I'm wearing right now? I our Snapchat right, followers. I heard, I heard hold on, I feel like this should be like a topic. Hold on, this, no, 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 no. We don't need to make a topic out of it. But <laughs> shout out to our interview with DJ Mason. <laughs> <laughs> hey, give me give me this thirty. Yo. I need thirty seconds. I need thirty seconds. All right. So I heard that Jamiroquai was coming, and I asked how much it was. It was expensive. When I looked into it, I found out that this man sells bootleg war bonnets, Native American headdresses like at his shows, made. and he rocks them too. And he sells them at his shows. I feel like this is a slight Yo, isn't against he, the things that I love and, and enjoy. Isn't he like, ethnic? Isn't he an ethnicity? Yo, who is profiteering off of fucking war bonnets that you know that is indigenous? I'm Native American, and I... I, my people don't wear no fucking war bonnets. No, I, I'm not saying he's, you know, Native American, First Nations, whatever. Being but isn't he is, something? But profiteering, like making bootleg war bonnets is the weirdest fucking thing to me. Yo, you I'm know not what, going guys? to that Jamiroquai show. You know what, guys? Uh, even though you know about the Jamiroquai show on May 25th, I'm going to take that off and I'm going to replace it with the Coldplay show at Ooh. the Tokyo Dome. Yo, I want to give a shout April out to Coldplay. Uh, I'm going to go there and buy a war bonnet. You guys are ruining my whole life here, man. Yo, Yo Coldplay's dope, though. Yo, next up, we got ah, I got I to gotta put a veto that on that. With Maceo of De La Soul. Yeah, yeah, we we were almost as intoxicated as we are now oh, when we did not. the interview. I, we started drinking. Remember, we, we met up and we ate pizza. And we yes. started drinking then. That was Shout five, out to Slice 2. Five o'clock. Five o'clock. Slide. I continued drinking until the interview was over at like 1. Oh, but I was technically kind of working, so I didn't, I'm not yeah, as drunk as... Yeah, I turned up. Steez took off quickly. It was just me and Marvell, and yeah, I drank. I had to go. I, and and you you hear me on the interview, and I sound very. And I don't I don't know how to describe myself. I sound like I'm cutting a wrestling promotion. <laughs> I sound like I'm getting really hype and telling you about my fight with Hulk Hogan. <gasps> you lose. Know, Take that plane into right? a nosedive, Hulk Hogan. Yes, yes, yes. When you were doing I am, the I'm super dead. drunk. I'm probably about 15 beers in by the time that I get to interview Maceo. And unfortunately, I didn't get to ask him a lot of questions that I would have had I been sober. I mean, this and is all hindsight. It was just, and we've been okay. doing this for a while now, so you know. One thing, one thing I do want to point out is that Maceo is probably one of the nicest cats that I've ever met, who could be a dick because of his prestige. And I think that I mean this is not a front. Facts. He's just he's just that guy. If you watch the De La, uh, the Tribe Called Quest documentary, when Q-Tip is being upset in the back, it is Maceo who is like, "Yo, I just this is one of my favorite times. Like, I love you guys. I don't need you to argue." Mm. Yo, the love that that Maceo showed us, we asked for 90 seconds to interview him, three and a half questions, Word. and he not only gave us whatever amount of time that the interview was, like 30, 30 minutes, minutes, 30 minutes, but he also uh wanted us to roll back with him to the hotel and we had another 30 minute conversation with him he was just super nice the whole time he was here with 
Dave, who I embarrassed myself in front of as well. And that was real bad. I was I even got to the point where I was like, I was talking to Dave and his wife, and I was like, yo, you're married to Tregoy? That is so cool. <laughs> Oh my god, I was so drunk. But I was like, yo, I, I've met I have met so many of my heroes and people. Wait, that, that I was love. Dave's wife? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was his wife or his girlfriend or maybe his mistress. I don't know. I don't wanna I don't wanna oh, get shit. him in trouble. Fake but, news, fake news. But fake was, news. No, they said they were together, so you know, whatever that is. But but what I'm saying is like I have met several famous cats. You know, I met Mr. Cooper from hanging with Mr. Cooper. If there was ever a time to fanboy out. Mm-hmm. No, but I've met a lot of cats and like something about me being drunk around Daylight, I was just so super enthusiastic to be around these cats who are undoubtedly getting into hip hop heaven. These are some of the greatest, not not only hip hop artists, but some of the greatest creative minds in american history and in black history month i gotta shout those cats out and the entire native tongues fan uh fam and just yo work. let's keep running that shout outs to maceo for the interview shout out to the whole de la soul shout out to the whole native tongues crew shout out to 90s east coast hip-hop mm. shout out to me shout out to that dick reference i made earlier shout out to mega shout out to steez mm. shout out to ida yo shout out to fact checking your mom shout nah. out to tupac's unibrow shout, shout out, out to, to selling fake weed shirley chisholm John Horse, Frederick Douglass, son, who has been kind of quiet on a lot of social issues lately, but he's but still Douglas, very important in the black community right now. Thank you, Frederick Douglass. And if I ever meet Frederick Douglass, I'm a fanboy out too. All right. Shout out to Oprah. Shout out. Shout out to Hidden Figures. Shout out to the people <laughs> fighting fake news. Yo, one more. One more. I want to give a shout out to two more. <laughs> His wife and My another wife, one. Chisato, Yo, man. I want to give a special. I want to give a, a strong shout out to our Muslim brothers and sisters. Mm. I want to put up a solidarity fist. Pull out the Black Power fist pick. Chest bump. Fuck the dumb. You guys are welcome to the United States, and I'm not scared of Islam. I know a lot of cats. I'm not even going to finish my sentence. I don't need to. But shout out to our Muslim brothers and sisters, man. Word. Shout out. Here goes the interview. Yo, this is not information, but this is an interview from Maceo of De La Souls MLS. Thanks for rocking with us. Peace. One love, one love, one love. Uh, so... First and foremost, I just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk to you. Uh, the set was wonderful. So we have three questions, three and a half questions for you. First question, your first time coming to Tokyo, how, when was it and, and did you, like, can you tell us about that a little bit? My first time in Tokyo was 1989. Well, it was an amazing experience. Um, it was actually different every time I came. You know, but my very first time was 1989. First time I've pretty much ever traveled anywhere, you know, was around uh, the development of my career, you know. So to come here and, um, especially when um, no one was speaking English, uh, a lot of military guys was here at the time. Um, Club Harlem was the spot. Mm. 
And still um, is, still is. And it was another spot that was, was, I forgot the name of it. It was a really small, really small spot. Um, Hit hop? It was a little bit of everything. This one, Murdo used to be um, microphone pages. Murdo used to rap at this time, you know what I'm saying? Um, he was like moonlighting as a DJ, but he was a rapper at this time. He was in a, a real big crew that was like Japan's Wu-Tang, pretty much, you know? Um, but it was an amazing experience to see um, how in-depth everybody was so into the culture of hip-hop, from dancing to b-boying to graffiti to even fashion, you know word, what I'm saying? Ja the Japanese are pretty big on fashion. Yeah. Indeed, you know what indeed, I'm saying? indeed. Um, this used to be kind of an epicenter for crate digging too, before people and found it, out and it to still grab is. records it's, here. It yeah. still is. Um, I, um, I don't think really Tokyo is, but not, other not parts anymore, of Japan. Yeah. Did you, know you ever go to like Manhattan Records and Yeah, Shibuya Manhattan and was and a spot. Like yeah, oh, I, went, I touched all of them. I touched them all. To grab records. I yeah, yeah, I, I like yeah. bought probably half the store back then. Word. Yeah. Like Word. when I put when I shopped at Manhattan's back then, they had to ship my records to my crib. Yeah, I, I mean, could, yeah, I couldn't yeah, carry yeah. them for the rest of no the tour, cause I really bought a whole lot of records. Like I still got records from them that I probably still don't open yet. Okay, you know well, what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it used to be kind of an epicenter. They cleaned it out. A lot yeah. of crate diggers cleaned it out. Yeah. Well, well that was a time too, like the cats at Manhattan and other sh shops. I they came to the states and cleared it out. Yeah. So you had to come over here. So it's kind of like you, a, yeah, yeah. A circle. It was a circle, a, a, a life cycle of music. You know what I mean? Right. Where people were writing off the nostalgic in the states. They came and scooped it all up. Double priced it, triple priced it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta come they scoop did, it back. But I think us coming to scoop it was uh, for other reasons. We came for the the, the recreation. Mm. of the material as opposed of reselling it you know like yeah, I came yeah, digging yeah. for beats and samples and right. music to play yeah that's more the creation side of it. yeah yeah commercial so. yeah you know it's, it's cool you said Wu-Tang earlier because that leads into the next question like you want to say who's your favorite lyricist in the Wu-Tang my Wu favorite um a personal question oh um, no correct answer here I think man I mean um they all special to me, man. Mm. They all different and they all right. They they all complement one another. You know, um, man, that's really a difficult thing to say. For me too, yeah. Because um, it, you know, the there's a competitive nature that obviously exists ex exists amongst them. Yeah. And there was always some. There's always a song where. You know, Someone one said. sound better than the other. Yeah. You know, yeah, 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 someone yeah, yeah, yeah. had a little more flavor to a certain style of beat. Right, right. You know, um, here it is. I like you, God, on all the up tempo Wu Tang stuff. You know, you what God I'm is hella underrated, man. A lot of people don't give him a, a lot of the props that he probably deserves, man. He's one of the most underrated cats in the Wu Clan, as far as I'm concerned. So is Master Killer. Oh, Master yeah, Killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. So is Master Killer. He's uh, underrated. I agree with as well. you completely. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I think. Um, I don't know what that is, honestly. You know what I'm saying? I honestly don't know what that is. I think, um, you know, I realized with Ray and Ghost, when they decided to do their solo projects, they worked with more than just RZA. Right. 
they had a lot more influence than just RZA. I, I think when it came to You Got Master Killer and all, they stuck with just RZA. Yeah. And I think they're more than that. You know, I think for the Wu, RZA, yeah. But when they needed to branch out and do their yeah, own thing, so. they needed to evolve and work with other producers based on the type of MCs they are, you know? I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, Only Built for Cuban Links was a really formative album for the East Coast in terms of the kind of mafioso gangster style that became prevalent in mainstream hip hop. How would you rank, like, would you say that Illmatic was a more important album than Only Built for Cuban Links? Or would you, like, uh, if you had to put them in order. I couldn't put one over the other. You, you like know, them both though? Yeah, cause no it was, the, the, they both was necessary for the era and no time. Doubt. No doubt. You know, for the diversity. You know, Illmatic is nothing like Cuban Links. No doubt. And vice versa. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um now, I definitely um I, I would definitely say um Illmatic is um Illmatic in my opinion is uh stronger. It's an upgraded version of paid in full. Mm. Every track can be a single. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Word, word, word. Yo, go Going back to what you said about individual MCs and the group aspect, we were talking earlier about Dela, how y'all really stuck together as a group, even to nowadays. Watching, watching you guys try to keep, uh, in the Michael Rappaport, A Tribe Called Quest documentary, there was a point where you could see kind of the turmoil that was happening between Tribe. Members of yeah. members of tribe and Q Tip it, and in Fife. Fife and and I've man nobody all, all plug one two and three you guys have managed to maintain camaraderie and didn't even release any solo albums together. What is the reason that you guys never branched out solo? Was it just that your creativity was? functioning only with each other or is it just because you wanted to maintain a certain element like a certain aspect of creativity together we've always wanted pasta to do a solo album <laughs> I we think did. Was, uh, uh, you yeah, know yeah. At, at one point we did um at one point we were supposed to do like individual projects and i think um it wasn't even a situation of really like individual projects. It was more like individual groups too. You know, it was like, like here it is. Um, the spinoff of the whole native tongue. Um, Q-Tip, Pass, Africa, and Juju from the Beat Nuts was supposed to be a group called the Fabulous Fleas. I didn't know that. You know, um, Dave, Mike G, um, Jerobi, I forgot who else was supposed to be a crew called. Kids on Zenith Ave, you know, mm. there was um, different things. It was just kind of ideas that were brewing at that time, but never came to fruition because I guess individual careers and all of that, you know what I mean? I mean, the primary goal was for us to was always to be a group. There was no, there was no um, solo MCs that got together right. and said, let's do this, then branch off. You know what I mean? It was. It was always um, the main objective was to be a group. You know, we stem from that era. You know what I mean? Like right, right. something about that magic. You know, when we watch Furious Five or Cold Crush Brothers, Fantastic Romantic. You know, 
even coming more up to date with Run DMC, Ultra Magnetic, Ultra Magnetic, you know, Stetsasonic, you know, we idolize groups. Sure. So that's kind of what we came from with all of this, you know. Being being a part of the industry and and the formation of what became kind of the central tenets of hip hop at that time, when you were faced with comparing yourself to these cats like the same cats you just mentioned public enemy ultra magnetic who were some of your favorite artists who were outside of the native tongues crew and outside of what you guys were doing at that time is there anybody who my favorite stood out kane. Like big daddy kane big daddy kane is my favorite out of everybody you put know, him I, on got, top, yeah. I got other favorites but i put kane at the top how do you, know, you feel? Like you know, I, was I don't know. Maybe it's a Brooklyn thing with me. Because you know <laughs> I'm, be, I'm originally from Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Earlier, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, a Brooklyn what, thing. Like, yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> Although like, I rep Long Island to the fullest because that's yeah. where it jumped off for me. But I, okay. a big part of my life is BK. You BK. know what I'm saying? Like what uh, about contemporarily? Like who, anybody that you feel in making music right now? Right are, now? Are there any artists that you appreciate stylistically Not or just for sound? Not necessarily new artists, but anybody that's putting out Modern. Music. Um, guess who I've really been vibing to as of late? Um, and I've always to, you liked You want us him. to guess? Or you, you I, I know y'all not going to guess it, so I'm going to have to tell you. Give us a hint. Um, Maybe we I, can I'm going to have to tell you because you'll, ne you'll okay, never okay. guess this. Right. And I'm really, really digging this dude, you know? I think he's very diverse for what's going on today, oh, and he I'm excited to hear it. and he pushes um, the culture forward. He pushing the culture forward, you know. Mm. He he playing the game that exists today, but he's also pushing it forward as an MC, you know. Okay. Ace Hood, really, Ooh, Ace really, Hood. I would not have guessed really, that. yeah, I would not have guessed really, Ace Hood. Yeah, I'm fucking with Ace Hood. No bro. doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody in production that you really appreciate now? I like 40. 40 Glock? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know, I like 40 a lot. Um, here it is, there's a lot of producers that are, I don't know who they are. They're kind of quiet, yeah. you know? Mm. Uh, Crisis is dope. Crisis, Crisis is very dope. Crisis is dope. But there's a lot of producers that are ghost producing right now. You know what I'm saying? A true, true. So true. I don't know a lot who they really are. I gotta, I, think there's a lot of I gotta find out. In the industry in general, there's always they're been trying a lot to find of that sound. I think. I think there's always been a lot of ghosts from day one. You know what? I'm what, saying? A, what about the new album, The Anonymous Nobody? Like, yeah. what's your favorite track off of that? I have my favorite track off of that album, but like, what is Nose Dark? Nose Dark. Nose Dark. I like that joint with Rock Marciano, the spit kid. Yeah, yeah. Joint, I like. That. Who produced that? Uh, Dave West, Super Dave West, Super Dave West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. That's Dave a, West, yeah. obviously, definitely one of my favorite producers, but he in the crew. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that could be a little bias. You know what I'm saying? Word. But Dave West is definitely one of my favorite personal guys. favorites. Yeah. And you still stay tuned into the culture now? Do you still know a lot of cats is doing graffiti, break dancing? Do do do. Do you follow so those elements? Graffiti. Not so much the graffiti. I don't think anybody knows graffiti nowadays. Um, but. More so, Katsu is doing a lot of graffiti uh, international. Mm. I don't know about... Did you watch... Um, I don't know about the, it in the States. Did you watch did you, the Luke the, Cage joint? Did you watch the Luke Cage? Uh, black superhero fucking uh, produce, you know... Uh, a lot of that, a lot of the things that came up in Luke Cage was like uh, Jamel, uh, Shabazz, you know what I mean? Like it's real. Harlem Renaissance kind mm -hmm. of talk. I'm not that Did you follow it? No? Mm -mm. Yeah. Did you catch the Basquiat at the front of the venue here? Nah. 
No, there is like a back, yo, like it's like a piece of drywall cut yeah, out yeah, right in the front of the venue. It's not, you'll catch it on the way out, I uh, suppose. It's crazy man. the kind of stuff you catch in Tokyo sometimes. I know, you, I know you're a little sick, so we don't want to keep you too long. I don't know, we really appreciate yo, you. The last question, uh, I, that, yeah, yeah, indeed. I just want to, I just want to give you a shout out and say that both of us are, are lovers of the culture and we really appreciate you sitting down with us. It's all good, bro. So, uh, the last question, Corey. So Last this podcast, time. tentatively called Ramen Juice. How do you feel about ramen juice? Ramen juice? Yeah. Like ramen noodles with ramen yeah. juice? Whatever you want to make of it, I suppose. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, ne I never had ramen you, juice. You eat ramen? Ramen noodles. What's your favorite juice? <laughs> What's your favorite juice? <laughs> I mean, everybody know about ramen noodles. Hey, hey, you get that 19 cents from the from the shop at, uh, you got it. I mean, my favorite juice? Fruit. Yeah, I mean. Ginan. I mean, pineapple juice. Mm. Hey, I'm right Classic. there with him with the pineapples. Yeah, yeah. I love pineapple the pineapple. Mixed with a little cranberry juice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can do that. Yo, Maceo, thank you so much. Nah, that's all. Thank you, hey, guys. We really real, appreciate man. it, man. Y'all just keep representing, man. I see it in your eyes, man. Y'all got the fire yeah, for, love it, man. for it, man. Just keep it going. Yeah, I love for it, man. You know, you, you unfortunately, like we we part of a, 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 a we're part of a, a diaspora of music mm -hmm. that we probably won't be. I'll probably be more known dead than alive. No. That's unfortunate. I it's hate to hear you say that it's shit. A, it's man. A, it's I hate to hear you say that. It's just what it is. I, I, it is what it is. I got a Fife is more gotta, known gotta, dead gotta, than he is alive yeah, too, and that's, and that's terrible. And that's real. That's, that's very real. That's, that's unfortunate. Honest. That's very unfortunate. But that's the part of the. But I, I don't. Know, I strongly don't think that's true. I think that you and Dela as a whole, but even tonight, represents that people really, really respect and feel you. As you're here, and I'm trying to give you all the love. All right, I got, I got one more, you, I got one more random question, a hot take from you. Three people that you could have dinner with, alive or dead. Three people: Malcolm X, Stan Lee, anybody you choose. Three people, alive or dead, that you can sit down and eat dinner with. Mm. Take your time, think about it. Malcolm X, yeah. Obama. Mm. I picked him earlier. Both, <laughs> uh, both of us picked him earlier. We had this conversation earlier. Both of us picked Obama. One more. Um, You've met all the Notorious B.I.G. Did you ever meet him? Yeah, I did. What, what was your interaction with him like? It's funny. Uh, I was hanging out. Actually, we had a show in the Palladium. In New York, when it was still open, <laughs> we had a show in the Palladium. It was like New Year's Eve or some shit like that. What year was it? I, I want to say it was '94. I want to say it was '94. Oh man, I'm so 11 years old. The album dropped. Yeah, it was right after Biggie's album dropped, and we was on tour throughout that year with um, Tribe and Souls of Mischief. And um, Souls of Mischief, you recognize this little yeah, no right doubt. Here. We was on a tour with Tribe, Souls of Mischief, and um, Alcoholics. And this, this was New Year's Eve. We had a show at the Palladium. And after the show, me and Opio just getting fucked up. 
all night, just you know, <laughs> drinking and smoking, and the club was major packed. You know what I'm saying? But no one ever knew. Like here it is, the club was so packed. I I, I used to DJ in the Palladium. Right. I used to have a, a big I used to have a night. Right. I used to have a night. I used to play behind. I used to I used to play behind Sammy B when Sam used to fill in for Red Alert. Okay. I used to play behind Sweet Sweet Daddy Sammy B, and um, there's a um, the basement of the Palladium. No no one really knew about that, and it had a bar down there and everything, and it would be just empty all the time. It had the same music that's going on in the club up, 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 up in the top. main yeah, in the yeah, area, yeah. but I guess no one really knew. that. Was, so that was always the con, the conduit for me to get to the other side. Um, you know, Opio was like, Mace, man, we gotta go on the other side. We gotta go on the other side. I was like, bet. I said, <laughs> he's like, well, damn, he's like, damn, we can't get through all that. I was like, come yeah, on, come yeah, on, come yeah. on. So we would go, I went down. And we went I, down. He was like, where we going? We went down. Mm. I was, he's like, yo, I ain't know about this shit. I was like, yeah, the Palladium off the hook, man. I was like, I've done <laughs> no a lot doubt, of, no doubt. I've done a lot of things here. <laughs> Goon maneuvers. No a doubt. A lot of things in the Palladium. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. here it is. We going through the basement and shit. And um, we stumbling through just fucked up, man. And this dude, this big dude, is by the bar. But I'm not really recognizing, so I'm just flowing through, and the dude grabbed me. <laughs> like, I'm like, what you the up. fuck? He grabbed me. He was like, "Yo, I know you." Oh, <laughs> tell me this is Biggie that said that yeah, to this, you. This Biggie. Oh my goodness, this Biggie. I was like, "Yo, I, I was like, yo, I know you too." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm fucked up, but I'm like, "Yo, I know you too." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You B.I.G. Party and bullshit. Was da, he da, da. bigger than you? Cause you're a big man. You're a large character. And I wasn't was even he bigger that, than I you? I wasn't even that big then. I was, no like, I was on my, I was on my health and fitness. Biggie's always been the biggest. Yeah. Like, and, no and, doubt. and Biggie was, you know, he was like, I called out party bullshit, and the album was already out, but I was calling out the, the beginning. Sure, yeah, sure, you know sure, what I'm yeah. saying? Him and Supercat and all of that. He was like, he's <laughs> like, he's like, yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. yo, you've been watching. I was like, yo. He's like, no. He's like, nah, Mace, I know you though. And he called me out by my my nickname from the neighborhood and shit. PA Pacemaster. Like nah, my, my nickname from, <laughs> from Brooklyn. The neighborhood, the neighborhood nickname, shit. My nickname from Brooklyn was called Fat Man. Fat Man. <laughs> Fat Man. So he called me out by that. He's like, I know. Oh, he's like, I know shit. you. He's like, I really know you. He's like, yo, your mom's got you out the hood on a good time. He's like, for real. He's like, the neighborhood completely changed. I was like. I said, yeah, I know, big. I said, I still go around the way. A couple niggas come up to Long Island and hang out with me and shit. We just had light talk, you know what I'm I saying? I never heard this story before, man. Have you ever told this story in public before? Because mm, I, I mean, no, I've been following you with your like, whole career. I never heard like, this. I don't know. I told it like some two other people. Shit. We just like, also two two people. I never did it in an interview. No or not shit, like that. man. No one ever asked me about big. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm. But he had snatched me. You know, when he grabbed me, we just had a light conversation. And he had some chicks around him and all that, you know. And he was like, and he was like "Yo, man, I, I really love what y'all do." You know what I'm saying? He said, "I want you to know that I love what y'all do." It's like '94. I, I, I guess because here it is. This is like '94, and only with his come up, 
you can also everybody start witnessing the separation yeah. in the music as well. Like, well, Tupac there was a also there was a segregation in the game that took like place. Commercial. These guys, that guys, more like uh, not even commercial because there it is. We all was commercial. Every 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 you know any music you hear in the radio was so like it was more so like gangster, uh, quote unquote conscious. You know what I'm saying? Sure, sure. And that was the separation when I came in the game being on tour with LL, NWA, Too Short, everybody under one roof. Hip hop. Yeah, it was hip hop under one roof, and we we shared the same stage, we shared the same audience. You know, um, the segregation started to take place mid '90s. You now, know? now, now. Speaking of that, I know you guys had a little bit of an issue with Tupac based upon... Never had an issue with Tupac. Well, well not personally. With us. Exactly. He saw the video, he projected into the problems and, and, and felt a kind of way. But when it comes to the East Coast, West Coast beef, do you feel like certain artists and magazines and, and publications were uh, building out more than it was? Because when I look at it, man, I see Ice Cube doing the West, I mean, the West Coast shit, and I see Vibe Magazine separating the culture the to media, a degree that's weird the, to me. The media, the publications, from the Vibe to XXL to The Source, I they, they controlled the narrative. You know, here it is. It was never no East Coast, West Coast thing. It I learned about it from the media. It was just certain artists who had beef with each other. You know, Individuals. It just pretty much, right. you know, because at the same time, maybe Big and Pac had issues. Come on, but, NWA but, but, had but, but issues. But Pac was also an East Coast but, artist, too. But NWA had issues internally. Right. Yeah, so it's yeah, like, yeah. it was just... Especially pre-internet, like, those yeah. magazines, they were the they, narrative. The voice of the they, culture. They were the narrative. They, they shaped they, it in they a way. They totally like, shaped it. They hear it is, it's like, gangster rap and gangster rappers, they started calling it that. that. We called them reality rappers. We called it reality rap. We didn't call it gangster. We called it the reality rap. That's what they called it too. Serious. When you listen to Snoop, when you listen to Dre, all of them, they called it reality rap, not gangster rap. I think that's you kind of the saying? thing that, that Ice-T was trying to put out, was like a section of reality that was different than what other people experienced. Well, you know, is it art it is, or is it? It's this, the, the shit that we experience in our, our neighborhood you know, that would never make the news. You know, we would have heinous crimes that would go on in our community and no one would ever report it. You know what I mean? Here it is, we wanna find who killed June June down so, the block. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You know, we wanna, we want these investigations in our community that would just blow over after the funeral. You know what I'm saying? So you had dudes who would speak on these issues in their music, you know what I'm saying? And that's when, and here it is, you got dudes who would speak on these issues, right? And it would reach us. But when it reached mainstream, they changed the narrative. Yeah. They changed it. We never changed nothing, you know what I'm saying? Do, do you have an artist that you really enjoy that did reality rap that you feel is problematic for the culture? Do you feel like anybody was saying something that led us astray? Even even the uh, ringtone rappers, like a like a Soldier Boy or something. Do you feel that anybody has really kind of pushed the direction of hip hop somewhere that was more taboo that that we didn't need to have? I know nah, that's man. a deep ass question. No? Nah, nah. Is there anybody because in hip hop that you feel is, it should it all, be there? It, it all matters. It all matters. Uh, the voices matter. Yeah, hip hop is a reflection of life. Sure. So what's going on in life well, is yeah. going to reflect that. 
whatever's going on in your life, you're going to reflect that. Right, right. Yeah. So how do you feel about cats who are kind of not reality rap, but they they have similar uh, ideals that they project? Like uh, just today I was listening to this guy from Indonesia who was dropping N-bombs and talking about holding guns, but he doesn't, he never lived that lifestyle. How do you feel how about this? Well, he probably did live a certain lifestyle that could have been Don't impoverished. In Indonesia, have you been there? <laughs> yeah, it could it could have been. But I'm saying like like is, is like you like, you can't. What do you look, think about a person like one, one Iggy Azalea? Know, one thing I know is like I traveled a lot of places and everywhere got their hood. Like Tokyo got some gangsters out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The face so definitely. So to keep it 100, it's like everywhere you go, we have a community of you know, of gangsters and, you know, professional criminals. Sure. Yo, Simple you, as that. Do you feel anyone's doing that kind of reality rap nowadays? Or is it falsetto? Yeah, it's being done. I mean, you, 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 you I mean, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it rapping, but yeah, these guys are doing it. I mean, they got this. The speaking singing, their reality. They're speaking their reality. I mean, the futures, the. Yeah. The, you know, what do you here think it is. About, like, uh, the yeah, I, rap, I can't even say Little Wayne. Shit. He's a, he's a, another diaspora. This whole he, thing, he, like he's been, he's, he's been, been around for a long time. You know, yeah. just very young. Kind of shit. You know, but um, but what uh, Yachty, uh, Fetty Wap, all of them. You know, I think the only my only issue with the culture is that everybody sounds the same. That's my only issue. There's a lot of. Like biting, biting was forbidden That's when we true, came yeah, up. Yeah. Now it's like you can't tell a New York or you can't tell a New York rapper any different from a, 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 a Atlanta, Atlanta rapper. rapper. Yeah, yeah, so that. I that's kind of the. If issue. I could also name a main thing that's missing from hip hop right now is like, like you said, early '90s, pre '90s, like everybody had their own style. Everybody had their own thing. Biting cool was, keys, yeah. and, and everybody, everybody had their own thing, but also told the same story. You know. If you look at, come on, we, we didn't have much of a blueprint to go off, so the blueprint we was going off of was off the last group who put out an album. You know what I'm saying? I think we all made a record about a girl. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. all had our love song to a degree. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? We all had I'm, I'm Fresh, I'm the Best MC record too. The you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here it is. Run DMC had Suck MCs. We got potholes in my lawn. They both mean the same shit. Sucker MC, bite my rhyme. Both records mean the same shit. It's just the window you looking out of to, to draw that, you know, that creative And then juice. Super MCs, you gotta listen, grind date, the anonymous nobody. Yeah, and, then we, Yo. and then we got our records, you the know. Everybody nobody. got their records, you know, um, I'll kick your ass and all of that. We had that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Peace Porridge, you know, don't mm. get it twisted. I'll kick your ass, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and here it is, I, I've been through enough ass kickings to give an ass kicking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, one of my one of my things is like, yeah, if, if you ain't never lose a fight, then you ain't fight nobody, you know what I'm saying? You know. Hey, uh, lastly, I just want to say again, thank you for granting us the opportunity to just have this conversation with you. Both of us value us uh, value you as a tremendous character within the uh, the culture of hip hop and a contributor yeah, and a person that moves American culture forward. Thank and you. I just want to say, yo, 
I, I never imagined that I'd be able to sit down with you and build, and, and I love you for that, and I'm gonna continue to follow your music. Both of us are listening to the new, uh, the new album, The Anonymous Nobody. Thank you, Wonderful stuff, man. Thank you. We got man. more shit coming. You're the first interview that we yeah, had on look this Look out podcast, for my man, man Bill Ray. Bill Ray. Bill Ray. Look out for Bill Ray. Oh, snap. Yeah. Can, can you can you uh, give us your social media stuff, like where we can follow you, what we um, should listen to or something? Obviously, we are DeLaSoul.com. Where? You know? And then there's, um, you know, DeLaSoul's Dugout on Facebook and uh, Twitter. That's me. Um, and um, I'm DJ Maceo on Instagram. Um, I mean, I'm on there. Just put my name in the Google search. Hey, and I'm there. It all no you plug know. three, baby. It's 2016. Word. Hey, Word. thank you, my man. Thank you, thank you again. Love, Yo, thank you so much.